Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shadowpoint and the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Amon Kusro. How are you doing today, Amon? Hello there. I am doing well, Jesse. I have just recovered from an illness, a grievous cough, if you will. That's right. And unfortunately, I missed some of our pre-planned events over the weekend, but I did not want to infect everyone. So I stayed home in bed, which was probably the responsible thing to do. Probably was. Yeah. It was a bummer. It certainly was a bummer. hundred percent. But yeah, I'm feeling much better and I'm excited because I still get to hang out. Yeah. And you just kind of alluded to our weekend events. I just returned from the great state of Texas from the Lone Star Open. And I just basically just got back, like out of the car, kind of got unpacked. And then we're recording an episode tonight. That was very fun. Played a lot of MCP. Did pretty well. Played some Shatterpoint on the off time of non-MCP as well. So it was an all minis gaming affair. I got, by the end of the weekend, I got a little over five MCP games in. And then I got two full Shatterpoint games in. And a lot of Shatterpoint conversations and MCP conversations and list building, which is very fun. I'm really happy to hear that. I've been doing a lot of list building myself mentally. And so I think some of that mental gymnastics, if you will, come up in today's episode. Very good. Alluding there, Amon, we've got a lot of fun stuff we want to talk about today. And it's been some time since we've returned to one of these episodes, which is very exciting, where we get to kind of just hang out and talk about the game state, some things we've been doing in Shatterpoint, and just not do our normal like deep dive into one character box group, essentially. Yeah, I actually really enjoy these. Not only is it a great break for us in terms of just the content we're creating, But also, it's a great break for the listener, right? I mean, ultimately, nature of the beast here, we're never going to really catch up on these releases. I mean, I think if we really wanted to, we could try to pump out two episodes a week and then be at a point where we could do that. But that doesn't sound very fun. No, it doesn't. The amount of content we want to get into every box episode and the amount of production we do post. On top of that, Amon, I feel like this cadence that AMG has for this first year in particular, I don't know what's coming, but just by what we know is coming in like September alone, for instance, it's just a lot. It's a lot of boxes. I don't even know if we have enough days in the month where we could get all these out. Yeah. So we're taking the pace that makes sense for the show and for the game at large, essentially. Absolutely. I mean, we have Windu and his team. We have Amidala. We have Mother Talzin. Can't forget Cad Bane. Yep. Cad Bane. And then not to mention all the other stuff they previewed at Adepticon. So waiting on Plo Koon at some point. I might not eat Ewoks, of course. You said Ewoks. Then there's obviously Luke, Vader, oh, Stormtroopers, Bar 2D2. Princess Leia in the Bausch bounty hunter costume. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, man. Yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff. And even more stuff they hinted at coming in the future, like the crew of the Ghost, right? So. Yep. Yeah, they did say it. And then. Din, Jaren. Yeah, we don't even know what comes with him and where he's going to fit in this whole era thing. So I'm very excited about all that as well. Yeah, there's a lot. We thought this was a good time to pick up, talk about where the game is, where the game's been for us lately. We talked about our month one impressions when Amon was gone. I think we're going to get some of that today for Amon as well, which is going to be very exciting. Some of the things we've learned and just some other topics we have today that we've been really looking forward to doing, which did not make sense to cover in a box episode really yeah i would agree i think a 
the timing of everything right, it's important for us to do our due diligence so that we actually can back up some of the things that we're talking about here, whether it's the sheer amount of games that we've been playing or observing or some of the content we've been digesting, as well as, you know, a lot of the theory crafting that we're doing, you know, we're talking about a little bit between you and I privately, where sometimes while driving, I'll just start thinking of lists, right? 100%. Yeah. And so that's been really fun. There's been local events happening as well, which has been exciting. So I think we now finally have a lot of the, you know, the talk so that we can talk the talk and walk the walk, if you will. Yeah, a lot of real world experience in this first bit of the game, right? We're going to try to like organically cover as much of that as we can today. Also kind of maybe infect you guys with some of our hype around some models we are just starting to play and test and models that we want to try in the coming months. They have been giving us those transmissions, which have been showing some pretty exciting things that are kind of on our radar. So before we get into all that, Amon, we've got some things to talk about real quick, first of which... We've mentioned this in several episodes, but we're doing a Shatterpoint corset giveaway. Anyone can enter to win. All you have to do is click the link below in our show notes of the episode and follow us on any of our social media pages. So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at the same place. Hello there, cast. Each follow the social media page will get you more entries in the contest after you've clicked on that link. We also recommend you saving that link as just your primary link to the AMG Shatterpoint page because... It is a special link they gave to us to give to our listeners to track engagement with the game. If you just want to make it your default link to go to their website, that also helps as well. And we're excited to do that. But also, we mentioned in our last episode, I'm on some people we need to thank and some support that is now part of the Hello There community. That's right, Jesse. Hello There is supported by Mr. Laser at mr-laser.square.site. You're a resource for everything Shatterpoint. If you are choosing to shop at Mr. Laser, we do have an affiliate code. Please use code HelloThere5 for 5% off all of your hobby needs. HelloThere is also supported by Imperial Terrain at ImperialTerrain.com. They are the premier Star Wars tabletop terrain vendor with some amazing STLs. If you are interested in purchasing any of their digital items, please use HelloThere5 for, you guessed it, 5% off on all your purchases. Hello There is also supported by our patrons. Our our patrons support us at patreon.com slash hellotherecast. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining our Discord community. And we take this time to thank all of our patrons. And we've got a couple that have joined since the recording of our last episode. We have Ben, Nick, and Kenny at the Padawan slash Acolyte level and Jonathan at the Jedi Knight Sith Warrior tier. So thank you to you four for joining our crew and supporting us. Thank you guys so much. And uh, it means the world to us that you're joining our private Discord community and kind of laying the groundwork with this Hello There community we got building. And we're actually going to talk a lot about that community today, which is very exciting. So thank you guys for jumping in being part of it. Of course, we could not do this show without our producers of the show. That's Jedi Rusty, Jedi Rich, and Bounty Hunter Brady. And of course, we have the ultimate shout out to the Emperor of the Universe. Yes, that is Sith Emperor Kevin, who makes this show happen every episode because he is our executive producer absolutely and speaking of our patrons i'm just seeing i've been blown away by how amazing our community is obviously the sheer number of patrons but then also we've just had so much fun in our discord and i want to give a couple shout outs very quickly first of all to my last opponent in our hello there league that uh, goes by thajek thajek recently uh got injured at work so sending you a lot of support and absolutely. love and then of course just being an awesome dude nice to speak with and chat with he's up in Canada. And then 
Jesse, we were talking about this earlier, but Kevin, right? Just such a nice Kevin. guy. Been slamming games and he's been showing people the ropes. Some of our newer patrons who are taking their first couple steps into Shatterpoint, Kevin's been kind of leading the way and tutoring them as an emperor would, right? Now, I don't know <laughs> if it's the dark side of the force or not, but he's doing a good job regardless. They jump in those comms and Kevin's like, do you ever hear the story? <laughs> Have you ever heard the tragedy? <laughs> yeah. Darth is the wise. Yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in like learning the game and being part of our TTS community on top of like the Discord, like jump in, maybe get a demo from Kevin or or myself or Amon. We'd love to have you. So our private Discord helps us do all this stuff. And we thank all of our patrons for their support. And of course, if you sign up on the Patreon, you'll get a shout out, which is also very exciting. So Amon, gotta move on to today's main topic. And we've got a couple topics today. First of which you just alluded to is the conclusion of the hello there preseason TTS League. This is kind of like to like feel it out, lay the groundwork for season one onward. That league has come to a conclusion. We did four rounds. We had 13 players respectively, and we're going to talk about it now. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So I think on a previous podcast, we talked about some of the lists that we were going to play. So Mm -hmm. We did enforce the Premier League rules, but I think we kind of got lax towards the end of it because obviously we just want people to have fun and play whatever they want. When you say a previous podcast, it was a a bonus episode, right? Was it? On the patron feed. Well, I think we mentioned lists in passing briefly, but we really deep dove and built these lists on the bonus feed. That makes sense. Yeah. Starting all blur together, but yeah, man, (laughs) it was really fun because I think for me, this one was like. Obviously, we locked these lists in four weeks ago, right? Longer than that. Yeah, longer than that, yeah. And so it's kind of telling as to what everyone was playing because (laughs) some of these lists look a bit antiquated at this time. But your list was Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Luminara, and Vader. Very Republic of you, Jesse. That's right. And then mine was Maul, Vader, Grand Inquisitor. And then I just threw in Obi-Wan because, you know, hello there. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, just throw him in. He's fine. Yeah, so we had a lot of similarities in our list and a lot of differences, too. We both had Vader. We both had Obi-Wan. But then it does deviate. You had Maul. It's kind of a centerpiece. You also had the Grand Inquisitor you could flex into, I assume. And then I had Ahsoka and Lumi. You know, I ended up playing Obi-Wan and Lumi the most, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But I had a blast with all these characters. Certainly, I'm on. I did, too. And I think the some of the statistics behind the league are quite interesting. So Let's Jesse and I were very adamant that everyone use SPT codes because not only does this allow the greater Shatterpoint community to track events, but it's really great for episodes like these where we talk about that data and we parse through it. So Jesse, we're going to play a little game and I want you to guess who the most, no cheating now, Okay. popular unit was in the league. Like primary? Just a unit. Let me get in the bounds of the question here. Let's, I'm, I'm guessing correctly with, with a complete random guess. <laughs> When you say most popular, you you obviously mean games played. That's a great clarification. I'm just talking about in terms of our list. Okay. All lists submitted. Okay. This particular unit, they can be a primary, secondary, or supporting unit, were taken the most at a number of nine. Hmm. That's tough. Bo-Katan Kreese? She's up there. She's in top four, but it's the 501st Clone Troopers. I love that. Um, I also know why probably that is. Because Republic and Vader. And Anakin. And Anakin. But um, what I'm saying is just like, they're probably in all the Republic player lists, probably because of Anakin. But but then what was out in the game five, six weeks ago, right? When this we were locking lists, kind of had to bring him with Vader. Yeah, I completely agree. That's wild. 
It is wild because like I think now, right, with the introduction of the ARF troopers, the ARF troopers, right. you probably won't see the 501st anymore. That's a discussion for later. Absolutely. But I would say even before the ARF troopers, I would say there was a discussion going around that maybe the 501st were potentially the weakest support in the game. Mm. I'd heard that discussion a lot, like in the in the greater meta, greater discords, other podcasts. And so then to be the most represented in our league is very interesting. So yeah, that, that completely, that tracks, but not where my headspace was at when you asked that question. So, but I, apparently I was close with Bo-Katan, so I feel good about that. Yeah, Bo-Katan's up there. Let me ask you this though. Do you actually think the 501st are the worst support unit in the game? Ooh, excellent question. I'm not sure. Maybe. I mean, sometimes the 212th don't roll dice and it feels really bad, but when the 212th roll average dice are better, they feel pretty good. So... What's funny, though, is you notice I'm talking about two clone squads. I'm yes. not mentioning anything else. So I think the discussion Charles and I had in that month one retrospective and look back episode, we talked about some of this a little bit. And I think the Republic being the hero hammer format was what I'm dubbing it, apparently, in that episode. The clones dragged them down, but it's a balanced thing and it, and it works, you know, so... Maybe it is the 501st clones. I'm not sure, though, in this moment. What do you think? I think it's the 212th, personally. It's one of those, right? It's yeah. It's one of them. It's one of them, for sure. It's like, what, what's your play style? What tree do you like better? It's interesting you know. because it's Star Wars, right? And, and most people, especially in this era of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, are yep. going to gravitate to the numerous Jedi and the clones because they're cool. They look cool. They have a more general appeal than the droid stuff, right? The Separatist stuff. Sure. Which I find to be interesting. So I definitely think that's probably why the 501st were the most. Now, very quickly, the two most popular primaries in our league were Asajj, with eight selections for Asajj and seven selections for General Obi-Wan Kenobi. That makes sense. At this point in time in the game, Obi-Wan's very powerful. He's fun. He's strong. Asajj is very powerful. She's very versatile, right? It's funny. They're like polar opposites, right? In the sense of Obi-Wan's the, are you playing Republic? You need Obi-Wan in one of your four lists. Just you just need him. And then Asajj is like, well, she can perform an E-list. She really can. And that's why I think it's so interesting. So the next three are all secondaries. Bo-Katan, Kalani, and Rex are all taken seven times, which makes sense. Three incredible characters. And then the second most popular support, which I was actually surprised by this because I think their counterparts outclass them a little bit, but the Clan Kree's Mandalorians were taken six times. Fair. Yeah, and that just might be... Our first preseason league, people being a little bit more thematic, maybe. I mean, we did talk them on in our, one of our very first episodes of the show, the way you and I thought you build Mandalorians and how you swap the secondaries with their respective supports. And that's really, it just works quite well. That, of course, is Bo with the Super Commandos and Gar with the Clan Crease. We talked about that, both those episodes a lot. You know, it's not like make or break those lists, right? Especially the all Mando list. It's not really necessarily make or break if you switch them in the wrong spots, but we think on this show, it works well that way. Yeah, and I think that's been validated, I think, over the last couple weeks, if not months now, especially because, you know, right. whether it's just content creators chatting with one another, I think it's kind of the general sentiment now. I'm looking forward to talking about Mandalorians later in the episode because yeah. I do have some thoughts on that particular list, but a couple more fun facts for the listeners and, of course, you, Jesse. Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding was taken once. He was the least taken unit. Makes sense. He was also very new when we started the League 2. That is true. And then Padawan Ahsoka and the B2 battle droids were only taken twice 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that maybe people didn't get Padawan Ahsoka in real life, so there's no point in playing with her online. Oh, that hurts. She's so great. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And the B2s, they're hard to slot into Separatist lists right now because they're point value. They just are. Especially if you want to put Kalani with Grievous. You basically just lose out on having B2s because we'll talk about this later too, but we have some Dooku thoughts later. We have some Separatist thoughts for sure. Of course. Can you guess the least taken primary? Primary? Maul. You're absolutely correct. Oh, man. <laughs> and what's really funny is Uh-oh. Maul was only taken three times. That is strange. Okay. Maul was only taken three times, but mm-hmm. all three of the players who took Maul ended up in the top four. What does that mean? <laughs> that means low-key Maul is awesome. Let's be clear, too. I was in the top four and I didn't play Maul, so apparently it's three players that aren't me. No, no, that's fair. Yeah, you know, but you're the Republic guy. You're completely valid, though. I mean, that's if I'm the one player without Maul in the top four and everyone else has Maul, there's there's something there. And I think this is the floor for you, Amon, to uh, maybe amend for your sins in our Maul episode. Because now you actually get to talk about this because Charles and I talked about it briefly. You wrote me out those notes, right? And I talked about your case on that episode mm-hmm. and your thoughts on Maul. But now you get to verbalize your thoughts on Maul, especially now this far out, you know? And I will say to our credit, we did just say, as the game gets wider and wider and bigger and bigger, Maul's just going to get better by the nature of his card, by the nature of his selfishness. He doesn't really need synergy. And also by the nature of, he's got a lot of keywords we still have not seen in the game yet. We just now saw the Dathomirian keyword in play. Still haven't seen Scoundrel. Still haven't seen Shadow Collective. I'm ready. Like, more Maul stuff in the future. But I want to hear your thoughts on Maul and how you've, your tune has changed. I have done a complete 360 on Maul. Yeah. You were colder on Maul than me. Yeah, you were hotter. And I think, you, to your credit, you did say you did think Maul was going to age with time better. Like, it's going to age well. Well, this is probably a greater topic we'll cover later, but the nature of his identity with the Force, he gives you a lot of creativity and list building, right? And a lot of freedom, which is unique in itself. Yeah, correct. So I think lessons that I've learned with Maul is, yes, Sustained by Rage is an amazing identity because okay. it allows you to build or take units that are force intensive because Maul doesn't care, right? I've very often just done three damage to Maul in oh, his yeah. activation. Oh, just yeah. Just because it's worth it. Now, continuing on this track, one of the best things I've experienced is not even about taking other force hungry units. It's about the fact that I have more flexibility with my reserves, right? Gotcha. Yep. If you're playing Republic, you're playing that hero hammer that you're talking about earlier, right? That hero point. Yeah. Then you can't afford to reserve characters. So if you draw an Anakin or an Obi-Wan early, that's a little unfortunate because you need you know, you need force for hello there. You need force for Anakin's I'm gonna end this. Yeah. It's force jump. The defensive maneuvers actually can take up quite a bit of your force. Yes. So that has been a boon. Now, Maul is also an excellent control piece, right? So you force speed, you take the damage. You can get anywhere you really want to, especially in struggle one. You can make a direct impact. And then you play, there is no, you use, there is no place to run. You can pay the force if you have excess force. Sometimes I do, you know, because yeah. I generally try to save Maul for last. Sometimes I don't need to spend the force. So why damage Maul? But in this case, in this example, let's say you do. Now, here's the cool part. You yank that enemy character two towards Maul. So you yank them off a point and then they're exposed. And who loves hitting exposed targets? Lightsaber dudes. That's right. And then you throw eight dice in dark rage. And I promise you, you're more often than not just one-shotting something. Well, it's amazing. This is a big deal. Yeah. Expose is 
by far the <laughs> most impactful condition that I have experienced so far. Like pin, strain, all very important. Disarm, also important. But exposed just makes the list that I like to play. That's right flow and work so well because it's like oh mr obi-wan you're gonna turn my crit to a fail not yeah. anymore buddy yeah it's great no exposed just like it just ruins force users right of all sides of the force like it just they're so powerful in defense and if you want to get through on dooku at all give them an expose you know it's incredible man yeah i have lived the dream and beaten anakin one-on-one because i exposed him man i'm on fan fiction of maul <laughs> You're happy Anakin didn't show up. Maul beats Anakin. <laughs> Ahsoka, you were wrong. <laughs> uh, that was, it was great. So yes, I have 180 on Maul. And I love to hear it. Yeah, I love it. He's my favorite character. And I'm glad that I stayed true to him, despite the fact that I had initial misgivings. And he is by far my most played character. I've recorded nine games with him on Longshanks. Excellent. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Maul lately too, uh, especially my in-person games because he's one of my pa- one of my painted primaries. So you know, I like to get him on the table. But let's talk more about the league I'm on because I think I see Maul will come up more later potentially. So you noted the Maul on the top four lists. Very interesting. Anything else we have in common with the top four players lists? Yeah. So two Vaders, two Ahsokas, two Obi Wans, two Asajas. So we're seeing a lot of similar characters quite honestly right yeah and i actually think the top four in our league is a very good representation actually of what the current meta potentially looks like yeah it's, it's going to change quickly right because new new releases but it's certainly going to change very quickly but i still think that and we'll talk about this more but shatterpoint is in a great spot from a balance perspective yeah so let's go through this very quickly so we had a total of 13 players i think overall if we're looking at the data, the primary unit breakdown, Asajj was played the most. Okay. In 12 games, Dooku was played in 11 games. Grievous was played in 13 games. So a lot of separatists favor in our league. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense here. And Obi-Wan, of course, was played in 13 games. And then Vader was played in 12. Wow. So yeah, a Very lot. exciting. A lot indeed. Now, going through the top four, we will start with Tommy. Tommy played a cool list. It was Ahsoka. Anakin, and then Maul and Asajj. So it looks like two Republic lists and then a Mando list with Maul and the Separatist list with Asajj. So I guess this is the core box. I think when I was locking lists with people and getting SVT codes and all that stuff lined up and getting it real clean before we started, Tommy just told me straight up, I'm just going to play core stuff as it is. I think it's a learning tool, you know? And that's amazing. It works. Yeah, he got top four. Hell yeah. AMG made a good core, turns out. They did make a good core box. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I came in third with a record of three and one. Very strong. I unfortunately lost out to second place by not only VP scored, but also SOS. Mm. But my list was a little more interesting because I was trying to play. I mean, I'm just trying to really channel the dark side here, if I'm being honest, and I really wanted to enjoy playing some of my favorite characters. (laughs) So I got Lord Maul with Bo-Katan and the Supermandos, which, as you mentioned, at nauseum, we love. Yeah, we love it. Took Vader with Captain Rex and the 501st, Grand Inquisitor with Third Sister and Fifth Brother, and then General Obi-Wan Kenobi with Padawan Ahsoka Tano and the Clone Commandos. One of the best iterations of the Kenobi squad for sure 
Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this list, man. I will say I lost my round one game, which well played to my opponent, Jordan. Right. And I played Obi-Wan and Vader. And I kept, we were, it was really funny because during the initial discourse of the game, we were chatting about how, you know, Vader, I thought, is better than Anakin. And then his Anakin proceeds to just bully my Vader the whole game. And yeah, and get all his Republic triggers when he's doing it, too. Yeah. Two activations, one shot my Vader, both activations. He didn't like seeing what he saw in that cave in Dagobah or whatever. It's, it That's led. right. <laughs> Not, was it Dagobah or was it somewhere? Well, that, I don't know. That's what Luke saw, but, you know, we're tying it all together, you know. Fair. So, yeah. And then after that, I had fulfilled my obligation. I could not outrun my destiny. And then I no longer played Obi-Wan because I blamed him. Sure. And then Maul. And then a combination of Maul and Vader or Maul and Inquisitors kind of led the way for me, which was fun. Oh, nice. And second, we have Matt, also known as One Absolute. That's One Absolute Matt from the Gamers Guild Shatterpoint podcast. That's right. And he did Maul... With Gar Saxon and Super Commandos, Asajj with Bo-Katan and Clan Kreese. So, little Dark Side Mando package. Then he had Count Dooku, Django, and the Magna Guards with Grievous Kalani and the B1s. All good stuff. All good stuff. I think if you're wanting to play Separatists right now in a premier format, Matt's list is, is fantastic. You know, just grab it. Yeah, I think, and we'll talk about this more, and it's hard not to talk about some of these thoughts right now, but I, I do think that, in my opinion, two of the best lists right now are Separatist hybrid lists. For sure. And then, of course, we have the first place, which is 4-0 record, also known as Jesse. Bury the lead. Hello there. That's right. And Jesse's list was General Obi-Wan Kenobi with Clone Commander Cody and the 212th. Look at you winning the league. That's right. Arguably the worst secondary and support unit. Proving the haters wrong. That's right. Jedi Master Luminara with Barris and Clone Commandos. Ahsoka with Bo-Katan and Clan Kreese. And then Darth Vader with Captain Rex and the 501st Clone Troopers. So I'll tell you my reasoning with this list, Amon. I was not trying to power game. I was just trying to play boxes as is to lay groundwork for my future mixing and matching, right? The biggest loss to me on this list was you guys know how much I love Padawan Snips. And the fact that I couldn't play her because Ahsoka's in my list, right? It's a huge detriment. I would have loved to play Padawan Snips in the Cody spot, most notably. But really... Other than Vader, which, you know, Vader's a unique circumstance because he's a dual box where he comes with no squad mates. I tried to just play the boxes as they are just to learn. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great way to learn the game. If anyone's interested in dipping their toes into Shatterpoint or joining a league, don't be scared. Play the stuff out of the box. I mean, obviously it works. Yeah. I mean, Tommy played the corset, got fourth. Jesse, aside from just swapping Anakin for Vader, which we do recommend, right? It's the easiest way to do so. Yeah. Played core box stuff, won the league. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here for you to just play the synergies that come built in and prepackaged because they work. It's pretty great. I also had some great opponents too, Amon. I played Kevin around one. It was phenomenal. It was, it was a blast. Kevin brought the heat with Fader, Grand Inquisitor, and all Inquisitors in the list. I don't know. It continued. Like, I, I kept playing, I actually played all dark side people the whole time. So maybe maybe that's what this was, the light side triumphing over the dark. Because all my games were against people playing like Saj Inquisitor or Matt was playing what I think is the Separatist Juice, Dooku Grievous with Magnus and B1s, right, against me. And he, he piloted it near flawlessly. Yeah, I'm looking at all your games right now. You played Vader and the Grand Inquisitor. Then you played Asajj and Grand Inquisitor. Right. Then you played Grievous and Dooku, like you called. And then... Lastly, Asajj and Maul. 
lot of dark side users. Yeah. And it's funny, like, because of the premiere format, I did the thing I'm on and I talked about in the bonus episode in particular, where it's like, I think it's very cool and very fun in the premiere format, where if you just want to learn one primary in particular, so for me, it was Obi-Wan, swap out your second primary throughout the league. You'll, you'll go through your list, right? I'm on, you'll meet the premiere format requirement, but then you can keep that single primary the whole time. The example of that is I played like Obi-Wan every game and I just swapped the second person. And so I played Vader once, for instance. I played Ahsoka once, for instance, right? And that's the strategy, as you mentioned, we've we've chatted about a couple times now where right. Obi-Wan's identity is so core to the Republic playstyle. It's such a boon, right? And the fact that you can just tag someone out for Obi, like, you know, and keep Obi-Wan your constant is amazing. Yeah. It also helps you as a player too, right? Because you have a constant identity or like just reps you're building off of, right? It's a lot safer swapping on a second character with Obi-Wan than being like, oh, I'm going to swap two fresh characters that never played, you know? And you can do the same thing with Vader or something, right? You can play Vader every game, swap out this, the second primary for for instance. So I think it's a good way to like learn the game and in, in these leagues in particular. Absolutely, man. Speaking of leagues, we're also playing in the TTS preseason league. Yes, pretty exciting. that is also done. Yeah, I think there's people still yet to play. But yeah, I think for the most part, most games are done and, and we're done in particular. We are done. So um, unless the game state doesn't change too much, I'll end at two, one and one and you'll end at two and two, which is yeah pretty solid for our first foray into the Wild West of Shatterpoint, if you will. Yeah. And, and different time zones. And oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We, you and I both had issues with that this season. So. You know, not to discredit our losses, but you know, there there was a lot of you know. Sometimes you got to. I said this recently in the Discord. Sometimes you got to play it at hours that don't help you, or sometimes you just got to concede games because schedules don't line up. But the nature of that that outweighs that to me is you're still g- getting guaranteed games in a league, nonetheless, right? So it's like let's let's say in this league, I conceded one game, and one game was at a bad hour, but I still played. I still got multiple games throughout a league, right? And like. You'll, you'll take that, you know what I mean? Especially because you're meeting different people throughout the league, you're learning the community, you're helping build the community by doing participating in this, right? And you're growing as a player. So even if there's like a week or two you can't make games, that's okay, because in my mind, you still committed to it and you still got the other games in, right? So I think that's that's a common feature of these online leagues in particular, though I think it'll be less common with ours because I think our Hello There community is so tight-knit and friendly at the moment. No, absolutely. And going back to the time zone thing, obviously this was just kind of the TTS community finding its legs and kind of trying to come together. And so rather than creating divisions that are generally done, you know, for time zones and regions, we were all just thrown in one giant league together. And for better or for worse, we were able to make things work out and play games, whether it was playing late at night or early in the morning for some of us. And then Moving forward in the official season one, there are actually going to be four different brackets, which are pretty exciting. Hmm. East, West, Oceania, and Europe, which is pretty cool. Sure. I will have to say there were, as of this time of recording, three undefeated players, and they're all pretty dark side focused. We've got a Maul, Asajj, Vader, Grand Inquisitor list. Yep. We've got Asajj, Dooku, Vader, Obi-Wan, and then... Ulysses with Vader, Asajj, Grand Inquisitor, and Maul. So people are loving the dark side, man. Yeah, and I think dark side is really strong right now. And, you know, we'll probably touch on that more shortly, but Vader seems like a constant in this top four. Yeah, 
He is actually. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And Assad. Yeah. Interesting, right? But yeah, man. I mean, continuing this league thoughts before we close this discussion out. I'm very like happy with how the first preseason league went. Everyone got their games in. We had a fun time, and that's leading right into our season one, which starts right now. Basically, when by the time you're hearing this episode, like the league is starting, and that is the hello there season one. We are creeping up towards 20 players at the moment. That number might change by the time this episode goes episode goes live, which is be awesome but i'm really really excited to see what this league turns out to be because you and i and we've talked with our community as a whole in the discord and it seems like that everyone mainly wants to lean on this format and we're we're totally down to try it this first league see how it goes is why we're doing this stuff but we're going to do open lists essentially where you play whatever you want every round and i think this can be really encouraging for new players and so if you're kind of like intimidated by the premier format don't be don't be intimidated intimidated by that and then on top of that if you just want to slam the same list every game like the Amons and Kevins of the world, you're not punished by the premier format, right? You can really you could play Vader, Grand Inquisitor every game if you want for the entire league. And that's also valuable, I think, as well. The world is your oyster, Amon, for this league. Yeah, I completely agree. I think having open lists is a fantastic choice, especially for the early life cycle of this game. Mm, yeah. Trying to lock people into lists when people are just exploring the game itself, and then obviously the lists and the experiences is, I think, a little harsh. And so I'm really glad that not only the Hello There League, we've decided to do that, but also the TTS League for their dubbing it episode one is doing as well, which I'm very excited about because A, it means there's a less of that, hmm, ha, I'm going to try to plan for what my opponent's going to do, etc. Nice. And more of show up, play a game, have fun. Oh, Mace Windu's card dropped yesterday. Great. Play him today. Go have fun with it. Yeah. Cards are going to be legal in our league the second they like show up in the mod. So it's very exciting as well to like learn the game with the new stuff. So, but that's, that's our league, Simon. It's very exciting the way they've gone. It's only up from here, in my opinion. It's like our first preseason league was like a huge success. So, yeah, I'm proud of the league. I'm proud of everyone who played in it. And I'm excited to see the Shatterpoint virtual community grow, not only in Hello There, but outside of it as well. Absolutely. But that's going to lead us into our next and interesting topic we're going to talk about today. We're talking about leagues right now, and that leads us to like local stuff that Amon and I have been doing for the game, experiencing. So Amon, what's been going on with you locally around Shatterpoint in-person games? Yeah, it's been really interesting because Houston as a city is very spread out. It's very large. Right. And so while there are a ton of people who play the same game, it might take an hour to go meet someone, especially when there's traffic. So having people to travel 45 minutes to play a game, while that is normal, is also excessive and egregious sometimes. And so it's been kind of hard trying to figure out, you know, which star system we should all play in. Yeah, absolutely. And so one thing is interesting is Shatterpoint is flying off the shelves. You know, both stores that I go visit, they're always gone. There is, And whenever there's a restock, they get sold very quickly. Both store owners are trying to figure out where people are actually playing the game, which I find to be quite fascinating. Oh, wow. So there was an event that happened this past weekend. Five people played. And then there was another event happening the following weekend at another store about 45 minutes away. So I'm curious to see what the turnout for that will look like. But okay. I went ahead and took some matters into my own hands, and I decided to run a Houston Shutterpoint League where I told everybody you can play online, you can play in person, there's open lists, nothing's locked. And the whole point is to grow the community, 
get familiar with one another. And I did put in a caveat that if both of you can't decide where to play, then it has to be at one particular store. Okay. But thankfully, we haven't had that issue yet. And so we are in week two of the league so far, and we have nine people in it. So pretty excited. And I'm hoping that number grows over the course of the next league. Exciting. Well, that's more than I've gotten to do, Amon. So that's very exciting that you got tournaments and leagues starting. For us here locally, we're going to have tournaments in the future. I'm actually in talks with some local stores about running some tournaments, so I'm really happy to report on that and how those go, especially if I get to help run those in the way of terrain and maybe TOing or something like that. So that aside, our locals have been starting to want to play, so we're going to get a rotating round-robin type format in the future, similar to what I've done for MCP here. And I think it's going to be really successful and fun because it's going to be two or three rounds, and like you said, just come, play what you want learn the game, get some reps in, and come to the next one too, right? And just keep this growing. So that's our plan locally, and um, I'm really excited about it. So once again, like you said, our stores are sold out all the time. I don't know where product's going, but it's going places <laughs> where there's kitchen table stuff at home or what. But I mean, we're having a hard time keeping stuff in stock here as well. So I hope to get everyone together, you know, get all the people in Tulsa and maybe maybe Oklahoma at large because, you know, Oklahoma City in particular also has a very large Star Wars miniature scene, namely Star Wars Legion. And I imagine some of those players might be interested in Shatterpoint as well. So time will tell. And I'm looking forward to the future. Absolutely. Yeah. People seem to love the Star Wars miniatures. And I'm assuming a lot of it is for a hobby reasons because Legion is also very successful. That flies off the shelf. But again, no one knows where people are playing Legion. So wow, I'm really hoping we can kind of gather the Shatterpoint community and help it grow. But uh, we'll see. Okay. Right now, I'm pretty happy with the nine people we have. and That's awesome, man. Hope we can get that to 12 for the next Ooh. league. Nine is, is very impressive this early on. Like that, That's excellent. Yeah, I'm super proud of it. And a lot of these guys are also MCP players. Okay. A couple of them are not. So it's just really exciting that Star Wars has brought everyone together. And a couple new faces, like some of these guys live far away, but they're choosing to commit, which I love. Oh, wow. Even better. Incredible. Absolutely. And I think this kind of helps us segue into the next bit of the topic, right? We're doing an overarching early game meta, and we're going to talk about some of the event results, which we have already. But then, of course, kind of in our experience is like what we think the game looks like right now from a competitive level. And I use that with air quotes because... sure. It's still very early days, if you will. In fact, I think that's probably the best name for the podcast, Early Days Meta. It works. And so I wanted to kind of have a personal spin on this. And so what I really would like to do is for us to talk about some of our favorite units. Sure. And whether they're units you're playing or playing against, what are some of the things that you're really enjoying in Shatterpoint? Because I think in order to consistently win long term, you have to have really fun with what you're playing with. You know, you can't just jam a certain primary because they are, quote unquote, the best, right? If you don't enjoy the way it plays or you don't have a personal mm. affinity towards it, you might burn out. And so, Jesse, for you, outside of Obi-Wan Kenobi, what are some of your favorite units in Shadowpoint right now? Yeah, let's start with the category. Let's start with um, supports. Yeah, let's work our way up. I like that. The listeners know we like Obi-Wan and Maul. So that spoiler has already been sprung when we get to the primary section. Let's talk about some supports. So I have been really enjoying the clone commandos for a lot of reasons. And I think Amon has been enjoying these as well and his Republic lists. But I, you know, our Luminar episode was recently. It was very enjoyable. 
really fun episode to do. And we, we sang the praises of these guys. And I'm going to continue to sing the praises of them. I think, obviously, they're one of the best clones in the game at the moment, if not are the best clone. Protection's incredible. Coordinated fire that gives auto damage is also incredible. The ascension cables with the scale I'm on, that's where it really sings. Especially with something like, you just mentioned, you know, I'm playing Kenobi. Okay. Well, a quick Kenobi example is the leadership, where you burn a hunker to heal a stamina, and then you get a short dash. With these guys, you can do that, remove a hunker, heal a damage, and then dash right back up a point you just got pushed off of on a high elevation. That's incredible. And that's just one instance of a, a scale for them, right? That's very cool. I also think they have a decent tree, but I, and they look great on the table. So there's a lot of supports I could talk about, but that's the first one I'll talk about because I think um, we are seeing them a little bit, but I don't know if they're underrated or not. I don't know. I, I just think they are shockingly good and uh, they're probably staying around for a bit. I agree. I think they are the best clone supporting unit. And I think one thing that I really would love to point out is their expertise on their ranged guns is incredible. That's one expertise, you get a free crit. <laughs> love crits. Love crits. And then three plus, you get two crits. So obviously, they're very damage-oriented support unit. But outside of the damage output they have at range, you're absolutely right, Jesse. Protection is amazing. Mm. Steadfast is amazing. Yeah. Scale is amazing. What's not to like? Yeah, quite honestly. I mean, they can they can stick to points and then get back to points easily with the scale, right? And that's what you really want as support, right? So- they might not be Magna Guard level good, but they're good. That's fair. So what's one that's been sticking out to you, Amon? We we can we can we don't have to be one support each. We can jump around here. Yeah, for sure. My favorite support in the game so far is Fifth Brother. Well, the man is a truck. He is a truck. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. He's also Han from Fast and Furious, which I love. That's right. So let me tell you about Fifth Brother. First of all, I mentioned earlier I love Expose. Yeah, that's right. And feeble. Enfeeble is great, bro. Enfeeble, <laughs> expose. You know, when another allied Inquisitor's Atorius unit is making an attack, if they're within four, boom. So if you want to play the Inquisitorious stuff or you want to just, just take Vader and take him as just a regular support that you splash, good synergy there. Yeah. It makes all the Inquisitorious stuff hit a lot harder. Resolve is awesome. I mean, dude, protection and steadfast. I fantastic. Know. When contesting an active objective. Force jump. I mean, come on, Jesse. We talk about how awesome jump is all the time all the time force repulse is insane i'm gonna tell you a really cool story really quickly so i know we haven't covered the jedi hunters box yet we will soon shortly yeah but force repulse each character within two of the chosen character which is effectively fifth brother you push two range away from it i walked up to a point okay and i force repulse i pushed away four enemy characters and one of my own characters because it says all characters correct right? so correct Grand Inquisitor got knocked away, but so did Asajj, so did Kalani, and so did 2B1 battle droids. And it was amazing because I won the point and I won the struggle because of that. Nuts. The last thing I want to point out, which a lot of people may not realize, is Inquisitorial Mandate. So this is a tiebreaker when determining control of an active objective that a character in this unit is contesting. If there is a tie, the unit's controlling pair takes control of the objective. It's so cool. So good. Also gets weird with other Inquisitors breaking ties but there's rules forms for that but yeah the guy is incredible and he also has force repulse four spots down his tree which is also very scary yeah i think he'll often outshine fourth sister but i decided to play fourth sister recently just because I, I felt bad because i kept ignoring her for fifth brother and i was like i should give this character a shot and she's really good too but i think it's hard to mess 
with Fifth Brother in terms of a direct comparison because not only does he hit like a truck, that boy is built like a truck and he has powers like a truck. He's literally Optimus Truck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's hitting you. But also, Fourth Sister, a point in her camp, she has the non exposed version of Maul's force pull for one less force, which is incredible because she can just win points. She can just like pull someone off and, and jump up there and win. For a cheap cost of one force, right? Or, you know, two force if you need to jump up there. But yeah, she's pretty cool as well. So we'll talk about them shortly, of course. <laughs> so I guess the Mon that lead her back to me, another sport that's worth mentioning. And I'm sorry if I took one from you when I say this. We've talked about them on the show a lot. They're a great unit. The Mandalorian Super Commandos. Mm. Come on. They have everything you want. They set on points really well. Mandalorians are stronger together. That's that's for certain they hit really hard in melee with impact this no mercy ability is super powerful i would not even say it's underrated i would just say people forget about it <laughs> when models leave engagement with them they take damage auto damage and you know they just they're versatile like they're kind of the best all-arounder melee supports at this moment i would agree with that they're definitely my go-to unit what i find interesting about support units is there's this really interesting conversation that people tend to have with themselves and then I think maybe publicly is, do I split my units apart Mm, mm -hmm. or not? My characters, rather. Do I split my characters apart? I don't split my super commandos up. No. Because they just combined when they, you know, get that focus action, like they just back to back hit like a truck. Yeah. It's amazing. And so- Eight dice. Yeah. Having two miniatures obviously be in a spot where they can kind of hold it will automatically mean that even if a single primary or secondary pops up to try to compete against them, they have to get rid of both. It's much harder to do that. Obviously, Bo-Katan improves that stickiness a lot more. Yeah. But I love the Super Commandos. They're my go-to. And Jetpack is amazing. I love Mandalorians. Jetpack is amazing. So, Mon, give us another support that's been fun and strong for you lately. This is an interesting conversation because I haven't played them yet. I've been theory crafting a lot with them, but I'm a really, really big fan as written on their card of the Night Sister Acolytes. Okay, let's talk about it, yeah. So, A, they have like the jump version of defensive maneuver. So they can jump and hunker. It's better. And I love jumps. You love jumps. We all love to jump. Yeah. Coordinated fire expose. I've been a big expose fan lately. Yeah. They kind of have like built-in cover because when they have a hunger token, they can add one plus dice to their defense roll against range attack. So if they're in cover and they have hunker, that's plus three dice. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and then if they're shooting into a character that's fighting Adaptamirian, like Maul, for example, yeah, they get plus two dice to their attack roll. So it's they're pretty solid. I mean, they're not super tanky. Seven stamina isn't a lot, but and their expertise isn't very exciting either. But I mean, their damage output is incredible. Right. I really like them. They might actually become my favorite support unit instead of the super commandos. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Fifth Brother is like this weird single yeah. monster character. Yeah. But if I'm talking about like the classic two-man unit, I think the Acolytes might outpace the Commandos for me in the long run. Love it. Yeah, they're beautiful minis too, so I'm really excited to see Gorgeous. them on the table. All right, so do you have any other supporting units before we move on to secondaries, Amon? I have one more. Okay. It's a spicy one. I think the ARF clone troopers completely outclass the 501st troopers, and I think any list where you would want to play a three-threat 501st clone trooper unit Plug in the clone troopers, the ARF troopers instead, and you have better characters with better abilities. Dishing out exposed as well, which we love. <laughs> we do. It's great. Yeah. 
obviously if you want to run the annie mace juice you need both the annie mace juice <laughs> uh, this party's over and then the sequel i'm going to end this if that happens to you you, you obviously need both the five first and the arf troopers so but outside of that scenario you might be right i it's just arf might have taken over the spot of the five first but time will tell I guess the last notable mention while we're here is the obvious mention, something I love design-wise in the Star Wars canon, and these guys are nuts, like we talked about in our episode, the Magna Guard. Mm. They cost three, I'm on. They should probably cost four. Every time I fight them, I'm just like, these guys should cost four. And they are excellent. Defensive, if they roll any sort of expertise, they get crits like insanity. It's that enhanced speed I talked about in the podcast, right? They are not human and they are superhuman in their speed and then just two shoves right out the gate with three damage is incredible and then you actually add what they do on their card on top of their innate abilities with bodyguard intercede and then the free moves that they were with separatist primaries you're just cooking with gas now man you certainly are i definitely agree with all of that magna guards are so good you could throw them in with vader and like it's scary obviously they don't get the like free moves but the fact you have guys that can just like lock down points by themselves and then you have Vader just killing models, it's terrifying. Yeah, I love them with Grievous too. Of course, just like the movies, you know? So let's move on to secondaries now, Amon, because I think we talked a lot about supports. And is this the most interesting conversation we're about to have? Because secondaries are, I don't know. I think secondaries are probably the most powerful units in this game. If anything, they're the unsung heroes of the game, right? And they're the glue that holds everything together, quite honestly. So facts. what's a secondary that's been really speaking to you lately? This is easy. Django. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yep. So multiple reasons. Django is an amazing, amazing secondary character. Okay. We have mobility and jetpack. We have control and capture wire, right? Very similar to Maul in that sense. Not so fast is so underrated. Yeah. Like people forget about it. Sure. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to activate my character. And I was like, not so fast. They're dead. Sorry. And I refresh them. Refresh them stuff. Yep. He's just looking to get paid. So, And then what's really interesting is like Django can be very fast. You can jump. You can focus and then jump again. Yeah. And then you can advance. He's one of the fastest characters in the game. Yeah. He, he's like a Saj in that way. He's so good. And that force battery that he can provide if he's wounding a primary enemy secondary unit oftentimes just the mere presence of Django, kind of like in the midboard can deter a lot of enemy play because they're like crap is Django just gonna spike my character down sometimes you have to like reserve characters so they don't die to Django, so you can go with another character to stop Django so he doesn't kill your model that's in reserve and his expertise is out the wazoo yeah one defensive expertise is two blocks one offensive range expertise is a crit i mean incredible great call Ottoman. i think Django can kind of be slotted wherever you want him to uh, obviously he has a lot of synergy with seps but put him where you want it kind of works as well he's amazing great splash piece well i guess that leaves one that i would have to pick which is tough i, I really do love all these secondaries so i'm gonna go with a really fun one and a really strong one i think miss barris offy Mm. Ferris is like in the very least she's one of the toughest secondaries to play in the game but if you play her well the reward is so high i'm on like she has so many things she can affect the battlefield with with force push with force speed with slip away with the faithful padawan where she's getting increased 
dice and better tree results if you're playing her in the bubble of another allied Jedi primary unit. Her tree is actually really incredible. Her Suresu form, she can start with reposition and damage or push and damage, and then she immediately goes into a push and damage again. So like I said on the podcast, on the primary box episode discussion about Miss Barris, you can move with reposition on the opposite side of your opponent and then push them a direction they had no intention of thinking they were going, right? That first spot being reposition. And yeah, force push is five squares down, but it can happen. And also, you just have it. You can just pay for it on her, which is pretty incredible. So shout out while we're here to Padawan Ahsoka, Snips. Snips is a little bit more plug and play. She gives your primaries extra moves. She's got the extra force jump. But I think Barris has got a little bit more ceiling, right, with her play and the finesse, the way you learn her. So I think Padawan Snips is an incredible character. She's one of my favorite to play in the game right now. But Barris is like one step further of that Padawan Ahsoka, right? And I just love it so much. Yeah, I think those are both great callouts for sure. I'm going to pivot to who I think might arguably be the best secondary in the game. Okay, lay it on. Obviously, outside of Bo, right? Oh, yeah. Bo's just claimed the spot. It's just done. Yeah. Bo is... I don't 100%. know, man. Kalani might have her number. He's catching up real quick. So that's exactly what I'm going to bring up. Okay, good. I did not know you were going to bring that. No, for sure. Kalani, super tactical droid. So, 10 stamina. Amazing. You can reserve him for free. You get that free dash with your battle droids. Like, each allied battle droid supporting each. unit, right? So, all four. I mean... So, if you have B1s yeah, and Magnus, four, you're running four. They all go. B1s, B2s, Magnus, they all jump around. Tactical network, awesome. You know, you get that. Another battle droid can dash and gain hunker, or they can room a condition, or they can make a five dice attack. Target, concentrate all firepower, adding extra dice is amazing. But what I think Kalani slaps is his combat tree. Shockingly good. He has an insane combat tree. I mean, the sheer amount of damage he can output is incredible. Active ability being the third one yeah. is insane. Free tactical network, which means another droid can pump out five dice attack too. It's great, man. I mean, I I really enjoy Kalani. I think seven dice at range five. And, you know, if you're able to get five spots, you're doing, gosh, what is that? Two, three, four, five, eight damage. <laughs> awesome. It's a lot. Now, Kalani rules. I think if you're playing Separatists and Kalani's on your list, you're probably doing something wrong at the moment because you kind of build the Separatist list around his abilities and his ability to re like reposition all your models at the drop of a hat, right? So incredible. And if you're a separatist player and you draw Kalani early and struggle one, you're already winning the game. You just are. So good for you. <laughs> and Kalani is an incredible character in the canon I talked about on the show. And you know, he he's a threat. I think him and Bo are right there. You know, and, and it's one of those things where Bo's the kind of plug and play Amon we talked about. You can kind of put her wherever you want. And Kalani's just kind of the super powerful faction piece. 100%. Any more secondaries you want to bring up, Jesse, before we jump to the primary suspects? Quick shout out for Gar. He's way better than people think. That shove on the expertise tree on the first expertise with damage is also incredible. That's just a shout out, though. I actually want I just want to mention that Gar is good and you play him. Yeah, I definitely think if you want to like double down on the Mando stuff, like Gar is a great secondary piece. The shove on the expertise. Absolutely agree. It's awesome. I think Bo's still better. Yeah. And keep in mind the shove also happens like before you even do the tree, right? So, cause we do expertise before we do trees. So like that is just so cool that you get to like shove 
you could also proc their steadfast right then, right? And now you're going to the tree and now you're actually doing stuff. So I love that, but I want to pivot a little bit. I'm on and talk about maybe some some future releases in the secondary format or things that just came out. So two models I've got my eye on, and I want to know your thoughts on this, are, of course, Obi-Wan out of hiding for a number of reasons, mainly the play style and how crazy it is and how powerful Mind Trick is. Yeah, Mind Trick is nuts. Two, Savage Press. Let's talk about these models. Completely opposite sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah, they are. We talked a lot about Obi-Wan out of hiding or Obi-2 on our last episode. Run is great, super mobile. Mind trick is awesome. You get that control. Yeah. Immunity to expose is actually very annoying for your opponent. And I think this is a good spot for him to kind of splash in a bunch of lists. I mean, we talk about Django being one of the most splashable characters in the game. I think Obi-Wan could easily fit in the Django spot. Yeah. You know, if Django's maybe committed somewhere else. I really like that about him. He's got a good tree. I think he's a character that strangely enough a lot of the community hasn't really gravitated to and i think a lot of people are focusing on tag strategies right like republic separatist mandalorian this that but as the game gets a little bit more wider and people start taking more choice selections i think obi-wan is actually a really good secondary he's just i guess maybe not as interesting or maybe as obviously good as people think but I think from your facial expressions, you're agreeing because I think people are kind of sleeping on Obi-2. I think he's the most complex secondary we've had yet by far. And I just think that it's kind of tough to crack, right? We'll see where it goes. I think he's always going to be a threat in the game and the meta where it's like, oh, this guy that's turning with Obi-2, like how much has he played with that character? A lot. I'm kind of worried, you know? <laughs> so he's, he's one of those type finesse pieces, but I'm excited to try him more, especially in these open list formats where I can actually play him more because once again, like the top of this episode, like I mentioned, understandable, good canonically, makes sense. But the premier format, you know, if, you, if you're an Ahsoka fan, you can't play both Ahsokas. If you're an Obi-Wan fan, you can't play both Obi-Wans, right? In your premier format list. And so I think these open lists will give people more chances to experiment with things like Padawan Snips, secondary Obi-Wan in particular, because they are some of the first characters we have in this game that have multiple named instances in the game, right? And they're kind of cannibalizing each other. So I think we'll see more of Obi-2, at least for that, because I think people are going to try to figure him out. But we got to talk about Maul's angry brother. The overpowering monster. That's right. Savage Press. What a card, man. It's interesting because I think if you really want to play a character that just beats down other units, this is your guy. He's not very nuanced. Almost perfectly so. Yeah. Right? Savage is a person who takes his problems head on, quite literally, yeah. and he's very confident. And I really think he can actually be a great primary killer, if you will, because he always gets plus two dice to his attack rolls against primaries. That means he's rolling nine dice at all times. Which is crazy, right? For a secondary. Pair that with Vader and you're rolling 11. No, 12. It's nuts. Very good. He's got some great stuff. Protection at all times. Steadfast at all times. Multiple ways to dash. Ways to put expose. He's good, dude. And he can just straight up do eight damage. And then his active ability, so he can Dark Fury into that. Free damage. It's free damage, like random free damage. But yeah, you can one-shot a lot of peeps. He's good. He is one note, but that's okay. He's going to get his job done well. Yeah, that's exactly. I think you summarize that very well. A lot of people are looking for these secondary characters who can do these nuanced things. But I think oftentimes, like Savage isn't really that nuanced piece, but he's very good at, you know, pushing your throat in, kicking your throat in. And sometimes you want a character 
or a unit that can do that on the battlefield and be a distraction or, you know, just say, hey, you know, maybe it's not working out and then put some dice with Savage and kind of hope that the battle turns in my favor. So I think those are both excellent call outs, obviously characters that I think people will explore more, especially as they become released. Obi-Wan's out, but Savage for sure. But now we're on to the primaries. <laughs> yeah. Now, we can't say Obi-Wan or Maul. We talked about that sure already. Sure, we did. So, Jesse, I'd like to hear a primary of yours that has really piqued your interest. Well, hopefully I don't steal one, but it's Shadow Master Luminara. We just talked about her on the show not terribly long ago, right? Mm. I think her identity alone, the flow of the force, when enemies become wounded, you get dashes. When enemies wound your allies, you get recovers. And additionally, you may look at the top card of the order deck at any time when you choose to activate unit or activate from reserve. She's like a super support primary, right? Like that identity alone makes her worth it. Then you add, like Amon said, the power of the full recovery and executing that well as a player and her tree, which is very interesting with a little bit of icing when it comes to the sprint, which was the worst Jedi movement ability, but it's still a movement ability. And then the precise strike, which is also very good. You got a all-inclusive package of an incredible character that just doesn't do much damage, but that's okay because she's giving your whole team a bonus. I completely agree with you, Jesse, man. Like she's my second most played primary. Same. I love Luminara. Specifically just for you're right, flow the force and full recovery. The fact that you can always affect the game state no matter what is just incredible, right? You can push the advantage while dashing, or you can when things aren't necessarily going your way, recover three times. Yeah. Having the option of the foresight, you know, when you have an option to pick between reserve or not is great. We talked about some of the mind games potentially on the Luminar episode as well. I mean, she's an amazing primary. I completely agree with you. I think she's going to be a staple on a lot of our lists. So get used to hearing her name on the show. But I mean, I'm excited to see like how she grows with the game, you know, because I think this, this support nature of her identity is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's got some Republic specific stuff on there, but I don't even think that matters for the precise strike. No. Luminara, like a lot of the characters that we've mentioned, and I've particularly mentioned, yeah. are great splash pieces. You can play them with anything. Which is crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Now, another character that's caught my eye a lot, and I think is kind of concerning some of the community in general, is General Grievous. Yeah. My eye as well, Amon. I mean, it's no secret on this podcast, I'm a little bit of a General Grievous fanboy, but I think the community is kind of figuring out him in the game itself and what that looks like, right? Is what you're saying? Yeah. I think. It's very hard to evaluate a character solely off their card. I think when a character is very good, like you can just read Fifth Brother and be like, that's a good unit, you know? solid. Most characters are a little bit more nuanced than that, but I think Grievous is great. He can dash another battle droid within four. He has scale through scuttle. He can also just advance instead. Yeah. The fact that he can do some sort of riposte to the attacker. Appetite for destruction is amazing. And his identity is really cool, right? Like whenever he wounds an enemy unit, he gets to recover twice. And if it was a force user, again, we have this separatist identity of being force batteries, it's right? It's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I already mentioned on the podcast, like I think separatists, some form of separatist should be in your list if you're into that, because I think they're so powerful right now in the early days of the yep. game, which is really funny because a lot of people were concerned about oh, everything seems Republic, 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 Republic's going to take over this game. But I think that's completely wrong. I think Separatists are going to take over this game. And Grievous, I've got a local. Every single time he's made an attack with Grievous, Grievous has one-shot something. 100%. It's crazy the amount of damage he can do. 11 damage on his quad arm attack form, which is going to 
obviously you got to get lucky, but if you get that, you're taking out 99% of models in the game. Everything yeah. but Vader, <laughs> right? And also, Grievous has damage on his expertise. So you could get lucky, really lucky, and get the 12 or the 13 from his expertise. Insane. So you're just, he's taking someone out. He's a point and click missile. He marks something and he blows it up. But also, I love that he has like the little nuances of the battle droid support on his card too. He's given a couple more dashes on top of the power of Kalani and Dooku giving droids dashes. It's amazing. Droids are very mobile. I think it's a great playstyle choice by AMG because it in a game with limited miniatures, and I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, the mobility acts like that swarm mechanic that the droids like 100%. to do. They're everywhere, right? I really like that. Oh man, Grievous is exciting, and I'm really excited to do his episode very soon on the show. But let's pivot a little bit off Grievous, I'm on, and talk about someone that's coming out very soon, Mother Talzin. She is very unique. First of all, she's eight, so She's in that normal point building range that's so going to help you do a lot of stuff. But I do like that they're already kind of saying out the gate, we're fine doing primaries that really aggressively lean into their tags and their play style with the models that come with them. In this case, Dathomirian. So Dash's Dathomirian's is great. We're going to talk about it on the show, but I think manipulating hand for two force is crazy we've seen this in marvel christ protocol how strong it was or in the early days of the game i mean in any game if you can move your opponent's minutes on your turn regardless like any game i've ever played period yeah without any sort of like attack or action it's incredible right? but then on top of that she gives you like a lot of synergy with death with healing right and then she gives you more attack with her identity on top of that her tree has control with pushes conditions galore and then her other tree has conditions and some recovers and potentially free manipulating hand as well yeah the free active ability being four on wrath side is pretty solid her defensive expertise is great incredible i think one thing i really like about talzin is that a she blows open that dathomir and synergy we were looking for but b it is very dathomir it's very dark side in a way that like you know whenever one of your units get wounded she can make a free dash and then do a ranged attack, right? And her range is four, so that's pretty good. So Mother Talzin is almost like Luminar is this super support yeah. piece. Mother Talzin is this super attack for piece, sure. Or she's like a mobile turret, just dashing all over the board, firing blasts at you with a little bit of control, which I really like. She's solid, man. I big fan of her, and she's gonna be in one of the lists I'm gonna talk about later on when we talk about some of our favorite lists and top lists we think in the game right now. Close us out on this primary discussion, Amon. Well, I think we all know how good Dooku, Asajj, yep. Obi-Wan, Maul, Vader are. So instead of getting this party started, let's end this party. That's right. With our boy Jedi Master Mace Windu. Very excited about him. He's our first six-point primary, but he comes with four force. So he is the most expensive. Yeah, thus far, and which is it's a crazy thing. Six is a lot in the in the reverse list building way that this game is it, it you have very little to work with yeah but he makes up for that with an amazing stance which is called form seven vapad yeah man 11 damage a disarm a reposition his expertise is insane crit crits city all his expertise is just crits his aggressive defense is great blocks and turning crits to hits and what I really like about him is he's got an ability called Shatterpoint. We talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, we did. It was a book. This is really cool. So if you choose to activate Windu with the Shatterpoint card, if he's in Form 5 of a pad, he immediately makes a focus action. 
and then he gets impact two until the end of the turn. Yep. So that means he's rolling three extra dice on his Vapad side, which... Ten dice. Ten dice. And then if he's in Jedi Master Stance, you get to refresh two force, and then he can recover three times, which is incredible considering that none of his abilities require force. It's wild. And crazy. I mean, Tempered Aggression has the ability to use force, but he's going to beat up anything he comes in contact with. He's got good health. He's got great defense. And he gives your team four force to play around with. And then he allows you to recycle that. I mean, this is a great home for maybe if they ever make a two point supporting unit, then Obi-Wan out of hiding could work great with Jedi Master Windu. That'd be because neat. He's super force sensitive, but even could be on another team, yeah, right? For sure. In the same battlefield. So I really like Windu. I think squad building options are very limited. Right now, it's really just his squad. Yeah, it's just his squad, or and then maybe the five hundred first, but you'll never take them. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really liking Mace, Mother Love, and Wind. The Vapad form—that's where he's tapping in the dark side, right? We talked about this in the sense of he's not tapping in the dark side. He's not going Sith. He has mastered a dark side form. Well, it's borderline because what it does is it uses the greater the opponent's use of the dark right. side, the stronger the form becomes against him. Right? As yeah, I don't know why I'm schooling you. You know. But for our listeners out there. We'll cover it on the episode. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because that's why he almost beat Palpatine. 100%. I mean, he did, right? If it wasn't for Anakin. Essentially, yeah. So I'm really excited about Mace as well. I'm. You didn't even mention him on the insanity that is this party's over. All Galactic Republic characters within range five of Mace have steadfast and protection. Yeah, that's also just nuts. Obi-Wan, Anakin, whoever, range five of him. Come on. Dude, Obi-Wan and Mace might just be the silliest thing in this game. I'm playing it. Steadfast protection, hunker, cover. Get out of here. Get out of here. I guess your clones are weak, though, so that's the that's the chink in the armor. But Nah, dude. This, the party's over. You put that on the table, I'm walking away from you. <laughs> party's over. Bring Barris with Obi-Wan. Put her up aggressively on the table. She's got steadfast protection. He's refunding force, so she's doing more force pushes. Let's go. Yeah, Windu's going to blow the Republic stuff wide open, I think, personally. They're going to catch up. Yeah. Any other units you want to talk about, Jesse? We could do this all day, so I got, I got to be careful. There are some really cool ones. You know, honorable shout out to our fallen Jedi, the Grand Inquisitor. I just think he's so cool. And like that Secrets Uncovered is incredible. Like flipping objectives from range, the Inquisitorious identity, it just all worked. That's just a shout out. Let's move on and close out this episode, Amon, with a discussion about where the game is right now. Yeah. And maybe some meta predictions and discussions. I like it. Okay, so I think while everything is fairly balanced and anything can really win, I do think the strongest affiliation or tag or synergy out there in this game right now is Separatist, hands down. Just has to be, right? It has to be. I mean, you have three amazing primaries. Dooku, awesome. General Grievous, awesome. Asajj, awesome. You have amazing secondaries in the form of Django and Kalani. Kraken is no slouch either. Oh, he's not. Magna Guards, amazing. Battle droids, actually really good. B2 battle droids, they're not bad either. So pretty solid team. <laughs> yeah. And so it's really interesting because I was talking to Charles. I actually think he mentioned this on his podcast, but he was saying that he thinks the best lists in the game probably will be a mix of different things see that. over the course of this game, right? Like it's going to be Republic Mandos or Separatist Mandos or sure. whatever. And I think he's right. And I think we're starting to see that now because A, Separatists are doing really well. Grievous is doing really well. Duke is doing really well. 
but all games eventually, right? If you're not playing them for lore reasons, will eventually devolve into what's the best and how I can throw all the other best stuff in there and splash yep. it. So I think Charles is right on the money there. Aside from that, I think everything else is like all in the same tier, like Republic and Mando's both great. I think there's a case that there is a particular Mando list that could be arguably yeah. in competition for one of the best lists in the for game sure. in terms of a two-man team. But overall, like if there was like a uh, Chatterpoint Masters that happened tomorrow, like World Qualifier, if anything won, I would be not surprised, except for maybe like pure Inquisitorious. That would maybe be a surprise to me okay. because like I think in order for the Grand Inquisitor to really be full throttle, he needs Vader. Yep. He right. Does. What are your thoughts on the general meta right now? I second what you're saying about droids potentially being the most versatile and strongest. On top of that, though, I think we saw some trends in our leagues and the greater TTS league at large. Namely, Vader was a presence in both. Mm. Maul was a presence in both. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Maul and Vader, they're a little bit of plug and play, right? Like they just work really well individually. I know Vader, you want to like, you want models that work with him and his, and his point cost, but you know, it's a very different scenario than that Obi-Wan scenario we talked about, right? Where you're going to lean into the Republic, the hunkers, the dash to get back on the objective, like a, the example I gave earlier. So I think Vader and Maul in particular are really good in a lot of places, also Obi-Wan. So though I think droids as a whole are the strongest, and I think Dooku is still one of the best primaries in the game, if not the best, for a myriad of reasons, uh, one of which being the force pull and the refreshing of the force pull, and that he can basically 1v1 one, one anyone in the game. I think this Vader thing is also showing its face right now, and I think it means a lot. And obviously, you mentioned the Grand Inquisitor. He's best right now with Vader, you know? So... I'm curious where all this goes, but also we also mentioned in our league and the greater TTS league, how many Asajas were in the top half of the leagues. And that's just the nature of how she just performs every game. She also can slot into different lists. So how many people are playing Asaj in those separatist lists? How many people are just playing Asaj where they want to play her, right? So it's kind of feeding that concept you said, Amon, of that the game is very healthy and very balanced. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint it to one thing. But I do think Republic's struggling a little bit, but that's going to change very quickly. I'm glad you brought that up, the Vader and the mall stuff and the Inquisitor. Yeah. On the last bit, just very quickly, you're right. I think Mace Windu changes Republic for the better. Gives everyone a little bit more options. They're not just hemmed into playing Vader or Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Luminara. Now you get Mace and some other options yeah. there. Going to the Darth Vader stuff, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think Vader and the Inquisitors allow you that attrition play style that a lot of people love. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how you can kind of run an all lightsaber list in the Inquisitorious stuff. Yep. That's pretty exciting. Your game plan is also very simple. You run up the board and you slap people, and then you have some cool force abilities to help you make up for that. The force abilities that give you control on top of all this attrition, right? So I love yeah. that. Inquisitorial mandate is great. You get a lot of jumps, Ariva jumps, fourth sister jumps, jump. fifth brother force repulses and jumps. Like yeah. it's incredible. Get a lot of movement. So I, I agree. I think that's a very potent list and i don't think people have been prepared for it because i think a lot of people have trained early on or, or fall in this pattern where it's like oh don't worry like my units never really get off the board it's Shatterpoint, sure but they can still get wounded and i think for example i'll give full credit to individual named ulysses great mcp player as well he's got an awesome list right where he just runs vader asaj inquisitor and maul sure and he just beats people up with it and it's great i really like it i think that's one of the better lists out there I think overall, if we're going to look at the TTS 
league, right? Like that's probably the best idea of the most competitive scene that we have right now. And the only primary with a win rate in the 60s is Vader, 33 and 21 with three draws, 57 games goes to speak to the popularity of Vader. Of course, we talked about this in our most recent episode. Everybody loves Vader. It's Star Wars. But Grand Inquisitor being at 58%, Asajj being at 57 Luminara being at 54 I mean, these are all great, amazing characters. I think it's a little interesting that Dooku, Obi-Wan, and General Grievous have lower win rates, but those are also really popular characters. So it might just be new people who are still learning and playing each other and knocking each other Very out. Interesting, yeah. It's very exciting to see the game in its current state because everything works. Again, I do think Separatists are the best. Jesse, do you have a list in mind that you think is doing really well right now? Oh, man. Yeah, I think Vader Obi-Wan is really strong. Mm. It's, it's been really good to yeah. me. Uh, but I also think, and continuing with this Vader conversation of me thinking that Vader is probably one of the stronger things in the meta, uh, leaning into that, I think you you can do this whole Vader... Swap your second primary every game in a premier format thing too and build around that, right? So as long as you have a, a melee user that's likes Vader's identity, which is all the dark side users, turns out. So namely the ones we've been throwing around a lot, Maul, Asajj, Grand Inquisitor. If you play Vader every game, build off that identity and you have them with him and then you have your support scoring points. Yeah, you could just win the game through the attrition or through the control of the characters or win struggles early with Vader's identity, right? You could just win struggles quickly and the damage really doesn't affect you that you took on your team, right? So I think in a roundabout way, it's Vader plus someone is the list to to answer your question. And for me, it's like the Vader Obi-Wan, but I also think like the Vader Maul or something like that, or the Vader Grand Inquisitor. Very strong, very scary. Yeah, I'm actually just looking at the list I just referenced and that's what that person did. Vader Maul, Vader Saj, Vader Inquisitor, Vader Maul. Oh, nice. Maul. Yeah. So yeah. You are on the same wavelength there. That's awesome. Now, moving away from that, these are probably my two picks for strongest lists. And then I'm also going to talk about my list I'm currently playing right now. So I'm a big fan of Maul. I've been playing a lot of Luminara. In fact, I was talking to Dizzard from Rogue Support recently, and I was encouraging him to try my list. Perfect. So I think he's been enjoying it, having good success with it. But my list originally is Darth Maul with Django and Fifth Brother. And then Luminara with Super Commandos and Bow. Yep. So it's a solid list because we talked about the pros and cons of Luminara and actually how she's always influencing the battle. Super Commandos and Bow are great, tried and true. We've talked about them ad nauseum. Django is amazing, can do whatever he really wants. Fifth Brother is like ultimate control piece, can also do a lot yep. of damage. And Maul kind of does a little bit of both. And so to me, like, I personally think that's my favorite list that's arguably the best list for me mm. outside of playing separatists very good yeah and I, I like that you mentioned all the models in the list i'll mention the models in my vader obi-wan list while we're here which i think is one of the stronger lists as well so kind of coinciding with the amon gave you the full rundown here i'll give the full rundown of the vader obi-wan so the vader obi-wan is obi-wan squad is obi-wan padawan ahsoka clone commandos and then i think it's vader 501st and rex Soon to be our Arf soon troopers. to be our troopers. I knew him. I was going to say it. I tried to beat him to it. The That's core of that list. list is it doesn't really matter. Like you play around with it, right? Like I think Padawan, Snips, Rex. They could be they could be alternated. It's whatever works best for you. Also, if you really want to get spicy with the list, like you can throw Barris in. Now you're really living on the edge of your force. You know, in a in a scary way. 
Padawan Ahsoka and Rex just straight up give you mobility for your primaries, which are Obi-Wan and Vader, and get them where they need to be before they've even gone. And Vader brings you a little bit more force, so you can aggressively reserve Vader and or Obi-Wan when the time is right, and you want to do it. Because in this list in particular, they do go late, those characters. So that's kind of the the initial build of it. And uh, I'll let you guys know if I change it in the future, but Clone Commandos are also part of it, and they're awesome. Yeah, 100%. It's a good list. Moving on to probably now, which we've kind of hinted at and, and quite candidly just yeah. said, the Separatist stuff, right? Let's talk so about it. What's a good Separatist list? Well, I think we were chatting a little bit, coming up with ideas, but really, if we look at the Separatists as a whole, if you want to play it, you're probably going to take Dooku, Grievous, and Asajj, right? Now, from there, it's really how you want to formulate the squads. So if I was to do it right now, and I think, Jesse, you would probably agree with me, is you're taking Dooku, Django, B1 battle droids, Grievous, Kalani, Magnagard, Asajj, Kraken, B2. Right. And you're going to mix and match those, which works best for you, right? And we, we've come to land on that formula through a couple things. I think, number one, you always want Dooku for the force, for the identity, for the force refreshing, for his ability to 1v1 any other character in the game. And you also want Kalani, because Kalani is basically the core of the Separatist list. So... That kind of guides you down the path that Amon just said of the builds we we have, where it's like, it's tough that because Dooku is more costly and Kalani is more costly, it forces you to build certain ways, right, Amon, which is kind of tough. I agree. But I think the cool thing about Separatist too is that it's a really fun exercise as well. Like, do you want to take Kalani with Grievous or Asajj? 100%. Right? You want to take Django with Asajj or Dooku? Who, do you, who gets the B1 battle droids? Who gets the Magna Guards? There's so many interesting options and, and fun list building flexibility there. And I think you can have a lot of fun with that particular list. If you want to talk about the Mando list very quickly, obviously you take Garbo, Super Commandos, Clan Kreese, and then I personally think you have to take Maul you do. if you're going to lean you into do. that because we've talked about it nauseam again, his ability to be selfless with the Force, right. even though he is very self-interested. And then whatever other primary you want. I mean, I've heard of Ahsoka Luminara with Mandos doing well. I personally like Maul Luminara with Mandos. Now, in terms of what I think the two best lists in the game are, I think it's probably a combination of Separatists and Mandos and good stuff. And that kind of builds your premier list, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. this is exactly it. Or it's Separatists and Dathomir and stuff. A lot of bad guys. It is, but I mean, you know, it's Star Wars. They're supposed to be yeah. strong. They eventually get defeated, but maybe towards the end of the Shatterpoint <laughs> life cycle, if ever is such a thing. And so if I were to formulate these squads very quickly, I would probably take... Dooku and Grievous, throw them in a list and kind of be that my that'd be my yeah. pair. Then you can have Maul. like another combination. You, Maul isn't all the list, For sure. in my opinion, but that can change. But you take Maul with maybe if Dooku takes Django, you can take Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding. Yeah, fifth for sure. Brother. And then Lumi with the Mandos. Mando package. Melee Mando package, what we'd call it. Just bow with the yeah. bad Mandos every time. Well, are they bad or are they just different outlook on life they're bad well the super commandos eventually turn into the covenant mandos so they're not bad they're having a, f a bad moment yeah i'll give you that bad is just too <laughs> strong of a word <laughs> and then the other list is the cool i think this one is pretty cool too because asaj and savage both not only their names rhyme but they both share dathomirin and yep. separatist keyword so then you take the duke of grievous package again but then you take asaj and mother talzin so good and that's a really fun list as well i, I personally in my limited experience of Shatterpoint, those are probably my two top list contenders. 
but I could definitely see anything winning again, which is the crazy part about Shatterpoint. The game is very balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Like everything you just said could be applied to a whole nother list archetype, potentially, especially in the hands of a seasoned player. Anakin's still out there. He can just still win games with dice straight up and just good identities for his squad mates. So there's a lot of things going on, and I, I'm really excited to see the future of the game I'm on. It is funny that you and I have been saying a lot of things since the game launched that like you just covered a lot of models we've been talking about since our first foray into this podcast, namely like Super Commandos, Bo, Dooku in particular. We've really harped on those, you know, and they haven't gone away, turns out. Their package just works. And then on top of that, we've kind of sang the praises of Kalani. And I think it's so funny, but it's like if you are playing Separatists, you are building around Kalani. You're just building around Kalani, quite honestly. Like the secondary is the focal piece because he makes everything work so well on top of Dooku's amazing synergy with the team. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see this next league for us with Hello There, what people bring, what works, what doesn't work, what people have fun with. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it all. Yeah, I'm super excited, man. I think it's a good summary there. I think, Jesse, if there is a particular primary or squad that you're interested in playing moving forward, what would that be? I would like to try out the Dathomirian stuff because it seems really fun and the type of playstyle I like in games where it's like a lot of like moving parts and if you can manage it all, you're rewarded, right? But I think my Republic answer to that, I'm on trying to represent the Republic here, is Obi-Wan Mace because I think mm. it works offensively and defensively and rewards you when you do them correctly at the correct intervals of time. So that's kind of my leaning after hearing about your lists and Maybe maybe you need something as powerful as Mace with this oncoming storm of villains that are very powerful. Yeah, I mean, the pod is the reason. That's right. I like Mace. I'm pretty excited to try out Mace. I probably would say that I'm going to dig deeper into these theories that I have about Separatists. Yeah. And so I'm probably just going to slam more Separatist games. Good point. If only so that I can better understand the matchup. I like that. But also like... If they're that good, then I probably should learn how to play them well. That too. Right. Yeah, and I'm also very, like, from a lore perspective, I'm just very excited to play Grievous and Dooku on the table in particular, because that is kind of an iconic duo on the battlefield, right? In the Clone Wars, right? Those guys. And I would like to learn that as well. And more notably, I'd like to get their models on the table, because I would say that Grievous model is one of my favorite models AMG has ever done. It's a beautiful miniature. And they've done a lot of miniatures at this point. So yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Dude, yeah. Django, Kalani, B1 Battle Droids, Magnaguard, Grievous, and Dooku is, sounds like an awesome list. So much fun. Yeah. I also do want to try Obi-2 more. Right. So he's the top of my secondary short list because we got to figure out where he fits. And I think he's a very strong piece. I think Maul, Obi-2, and Fifth Brother kind of slaps. Sounds really scary and frustrating for your opponent. Yeah, I might have to look into that. Do it. Do it. Run that with the Lumi Mando list. Yeah, you could also run it with Vader too, right? Because mm. Kenobi's like Seresu tree is just so recover focused, I like this. right? I like this a lot because Fifth Brother and Maul both love Vader as well. So you take ARF troopers. I'm really curious to see if Pons. with Vader, yeah, you just take Pons instead and then you take a four threat. Take support. Sister if you want. That could be yeah. spicy. Well, at that point, you probably just do the Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor, Reva. Sure. Fifth if brother. You want to, yeah. Fourth sister, Pons. I mean, you could Vader. also go Pons, Clone Commandos. Mm. Something like that. That's you true, know? too. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm excited to see everything. So, overall, I'm pretty happy with the current state of Shatterpoint meta. It's still 
wild wild west in a sense and honestly my favorite part lately like it's just building lists and shout out to point break sw.com that's right it's just so fun i love point break yeah, highly recommend it well i'm on i think we had to put a bow on this episode there because uh that was a lot of discussions about the game state at the moment and i'm sure this will change a month from now which is crazy to say you know so i'm really excited to have more discussions like this on the show we'll return to this if you like this format let us know a lot of organic discussions about where we think the game's going where it maybe is and i'm excited to return to this exact topic and like reassess how right or wrong we were or just like how the game has changed absolutely and remember go and try new stuff experiment shutterpoint is in its infancy you're gonna have a lot of firsts and like ahsoka tano says Good or bad, they're always memorable. So enjoy. Very good. Well said. Hello There is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Hello There patron by going to patreon.com slash cast. Again, we take this time to thank all of our patrons and our producer level patrons. If you can't support us on Patreon, you can always support us by leaving us reviews. But also, additionally, we now have those codes we talked about with our partnerships with Mr. Laser. You can use the code HelloThere5 and Imperial Terrain to get his digital STLs. Hello there, five. You can find us everywhere online. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all at the same place, at hello there cast. And email said hello there cast at gmail.com with any sort of email correspondence. You can also leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice, like I mentioned. It really helps us out. If you don't have Apple Podcasts or Spotify and your podcast platform does not have reviews, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to kind of like make up for your platform a lot of you guys have been showing up it means a lot to us with these reviews we also would like to thank low feel for our show's music it is a banger every time of course you can find me and i'm on several places online you can find me jesse everywhere at jesse aiken that's j-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n so that's twitter instagram Longshanks, and discord of course you can check out my show fury's finest a marvel christ protocol podcast everywhere podcasts can be found about everything Marvel Crisis Protocol, the AMG Miniatures game, and Marvel Comics and Canon. Amon, where can everyone find you? You can follow me, Amon, on all social media at a man who games. Longshanks, my name is Amon. I am the only one I have spoken. <laughs> I do a podcast about Warhammer Underworlds called Path of Glory. It's the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. We talk shop on there. And we've got a couple episodes coming out in the works, so looking forward to dropping those. Until next time, thanks for listening. May the force be with you. Do it. (laughs) 